do you agree that you know it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility even for our ancestors that did not know any better been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation <laughs> Well, it's me, Kimberly, with Wake Up With KC, and today I have someone that is very passionate about what she does, and she recognized opportunities and took them, and even during a pandemic, she still pursues her passion and has been in so many projects that I'm so looking forward to hear how she accomplished it, how she still thrives during these unchaotic times. And please welcome Ashley Lawson. Ashley, welcome. Hi. Can I just tell you that I thought that was the cutest intro I've ever seen? It was very cute in and of itself, but then the music was so bouncy. I was just smiling the whole time. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, I'm getting ready to change it. Um, Unfortunately, there is a copyright claim to this. And I actually had one of my instructors, daughter and her boyfriend created that and they had the license to that music. But Mm -hmm. every episode I'm noticing that YouTube is putting a a copy claim right to it. So I am not able to monetize or do anything because of that. So I'm like, okay, if that's the way that, because they don't question, they just automatically through algorithms. Right. And I've sent out messages like, look, Somebody created this for me, for my show, and they have the license for it. So I, like, how do you, like, deal with that kind of thing? I don't know. And it's hard if you're just sending messages. I feel like a lot of stuff is taking the people out of things. Mm-hmm. And like, I will talk to other people. And it's, it's like, I'm using it every single day. You would think that somebody would catch on to this. Like, okay. And I told him I'm a student from Connecticut School of Broadcasting. They have the license to some of the stuff that I use. Mm-hmm. And I, as a an alumni student that goes and uses their equipment, I have access to that. Yeah. So, and there's nobody to talk to about it. It's all through, you know, emails now. Yep. And that's. Uh- how it seems most things are (laughs) yes so i have you know i have some things coming up i have a one-year anniversary uh, my third season starting and you know i already have guests lined up and and you you know it's now i'm creating my own music and i have a wonderful and amazing partner that's a musician too Yay. So we're collaborating and I have an opener and then I also have a closing one that we're both singing. Oh, cool. So it's different. It's new. And then he's creating a promo 
for like my next week upcoming guests with some music while I'm talking and whatnot. So I'm excited about it. And I'm coming out of my comfort zone singing now. And I'm like, (laughs) it'll be interesting. But he's like, you don't sing bad. You actually sing really good. If you could get those notes lined up and I'm like, I don't know how to do it. I'm counting in my head or doing stomping my feet and trying to stay with them. Yeah. So I can tell you're excited about it, though, based on how you're acting. You were telling me before we started that you just really like to talk about what people are passionate about. And it's always so amazing to me how you can tell when someone is genuinely passionate about what they're doing because they just can't stop talking about it and they get so excited. And (laughs) so I enjoyed even just watching you telling me about it. (laughs) Well, speaking of passion, how did you discover yours? And what you're in, what did you do to pursue it and, and doing what you're doing now? Um, so I actually love this question because I like to say that kind of what sparked my interest with it in the first place was something magical, both literally and metaphorically. Uh, my, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and so we have an Orpheum Theater in downtown Memphis. And um, Peter Pan was coming, and I am even to this day a huge Disney fan. And um, <laughs> and so my brother and I were really into Peter Pan, the animated film that Disney had at the time. So we were like, why not go see it in real life? And my dad got our whole family tickets. So me, my brother, him and my mom, and he took us and it it was magical in the sense that it was Peter Pan and you're a little kid and you're watching this person fly across the stage. And then there's that second part of it that was magical for me that was the realization of these are real people up there performing, entertaining, literally just having fun and getting paid for it. And people are able to go watch it. And I was just like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to entertain people. I want to perform in front of people. And I, I want to be that person that was Peter Pan that inspires some other little girl to say, Hey, she makes me want to do this too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I loved going to Disney world because I live in Florida. So I always loved going on the Peter Pan ride, the Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain. I have to tell you, I've been to Disney World a lot because I was a competitive cheerleader in high school and in in middle school as well. So the National Cheerleading Championship is always there at the Disney Wide World of Sports. So we would always get a couple of extra days to go do the parks. And that Peter Pan ride, it seems it does not matter how old you get. There's something about even just the idea of feeling like you're in a boat flying across the city of London and looking at everything from up above. It just never gets old. No. And the small world. Yeah. I love like, that's just the little kids just singing along and they're talking in different languages that does not get old. And the haunted house never gets old with. Yes. Me. I love it. <laughs> yes. I like both of those too. I find that, um, on It's a Small World, though, I usually have to go on it at the beginning of the day because that song will be stuck in my head. So I need <laughs> the whole rest of the day to try to find something else to get stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so, you know, you're you're in acting. You've been in um, some short films. 
Yep. And there was a special project where you played a frontier woman. Can you yes. share with us, you know, that experience and how did you get yourself to get into that role? Um, so the mindset of that character was at, at that time, I love that your intro said expand your consciousness because I feel like I can say this and it won't sound too woo woo to you. But um, <laughs> when I played that, I very much lived in that headspace of where that character came from of this is mine, I'm going to protect it. So so I just was her, if that makes sense. But it was funny how it happened because it was actually a project for a senior thesis for one of the local colleges here in the Dallas area. And I had actually auditioned for a different project. And the director of that emailed me and was like, hey, um, you're not right for this, but I showed your audition to one of my friends that's doing his film as well. And he wants you to do this lead role um, and basically just sent me the sides to do the audition for as a formality. And then like pretty much it happened within 48 hours. This first director had seen it, couldn't use me, but I think my friend can. And friend saw the audition, boom, done. And um, it was it was a lot of fun to do. We got to go to somebody had on their property an old log cabin where we filmed it at. And it was interesting because there was if you saw the whole short film, there's thunder and stuff in the background and it's been sound enhanced. But we were fighting an actual storm coming through that whole time to try to get the short film completely done. Wow. <laughs> yes. So it's interesting because, you know, your positive energy, what you're passionate about. And when you made that decision that this is what I'm going to do, how synchronicities show up. Mm -hmm. that's, that's true based on your experience. It is. And it has been. I um, I started doing classes with Glenmore Shower about... I don't know, I guess maybe three years ago. And I don't, I don't do classes with him anymore. Um, I wanted to try some other coaches around here and love him though. He's fantastic. And if for no other reason than helping that mindset aspect of it, because he really turned me on to metaphysics and manifestation and everything like that. And I'm actually doing a manifestation course right now. So it's cosmic timing is always like, Yay! Cosmic timing always gives me like this rush of adrenaline to my heart. That's like, oh my gosh. But yes. I, so it's just too interesting that we're sitting here having this conversation. But um, yeah, so it, I have found that when I'm doing my practice, my morning routine, my meditation, stuff like that, it's amazing how magnetic you stay to have the universe send you those synchronicities. And then for a long time, I was one of those people that would start to see success and then stop because I'm like, oh, I'm there. It's no big deal. I don't need to do this anymore. And then I would get to a point where I just kind of missed doing the practice. And then those synchronicities would start to show back up. And so somewhere within the last six to nine months, it's clicked like, 
hey, these are the reason those things continue to show up. So now I'm like, even though my days are, are very busy and some days are more busy than others, I just have this rule within myself of we are going to do one thing today, whether it's doing journaling, whether it's doing 30 minutes of yoga, doing a five minute meditation, we are going to do something to say, hey, universe, I'm showing up here. Send me what you've got. I'm ready for it. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Would you agree, though? It's self-care, self-love that no matter what's going on in the air, you just put yourself, you set a boundary like, no, this is me time. This is me taking care of myself. And that's how you open up your heart, your mind, that energetic magnetic field, the quantum field of connecting in a oneness to where it sets you up for those synchronicities to come because you're getting into that state of being you're getting into that oneness would you agree that it's what that that's what it's like honestly it is yeah definitely i would 100 percent agree with that so and it's funny and you know when you do set that but then there's these curveballs that come in to try to distract you. How do you do with those little, I would call them incidents or wrenches in, in the plan when you're trying to keep in that thing? How do you work with that? So I actually have a uh, life pathway membership with Lacey Phillips. I don't know if you know who she is, but I did her like beginner manifestation course and she actually has a whole lesson on that. And it was interesting to hear the perspective that she gave because I had never heard of it like that, which is that instead of taking those curveballs and looking at them as a bad thing is to start thinking of it as the universe testing you to make sure that you are truly showing up there. And so how you're going to handle it is your test from the universe to see what you are actually ready for. And so when I kind of got into that mindset of it, whenever those curveballs, wrenches, things like that get thrown into my day, into my week, into whatever, it's now just a matter of taking a step back and saying, hey, what can we learn from this? And what is the best way to handle it to where it's coming out of a place of love and kindness while also still doing that communication with the universe of saying, I'm here for it. You're not knocking me down. I'm here for it. That is a, a very impressive mindset and perspective of looking at, you know, life, you know, circumstances, those wrenches, those little curveballs that come at you. And I also look at it as a, this is an experience. Okay. And like you said earlier, you know, what can we learn from it? You know, and I look at it, it's like, okay, what's the best scenario and outcome out of love, out of positive, like the positive aspect. Because mm -hmm. we live in a duality world, you know, good, bad, you know, up, down, you know, and I just like, yes, take the pause. I'm like, okay, what, what, why is this happening? What can mm -hmm. I learn from it? And what's the solution? Do you agree that many times we're so focused on the problem that we don't pause and say, well, what's the solution to this? 
I, yeah, I would agree with that, that, um, you know, you get so caught up in the, why is this happening to me as opposed to how can I make this not happen to me? Um, which come now we've come full circle in our conversation, which brings us back to what is it that you're magnetizing to bring to yourself in the first place? Yeah, and a lot of times there's limited beliefs, mental programmings, emotional, energetic traumas mm -hmm. that keep us in the past. And it actually changes the biochemistry in our body like a drug. Yeah. And you doing what you're doing and in a like there's some characters like i've seen you know even like some tv shows the you know the violence you know and the the greed the manipulation the controlling that negative energy and these characters and the people that are playing them you know i question like well okay they're they're playing a part but energetically emotionally how does that affect does it affect them that negative energy in their personal aspect of life how do you avoid even taking a risk of getting into that so i actually i um I worked on a trailer for a project that I can't say a whole lot about because um, they're out pitching the trailer currently to networks and streaming networks. But um, I'm working with kids on set and my character is not so nice. And uh, I just always made sure before I was filming something with them to say, hey, please don't take it personally. I'm not really a mean person. And, you know, for the most part, people recognize that this is a professional setting. This is not who they really are. But but kids are different. And even though it's, it is playing and acting and doing what you love, it's amazing what kind of things kids, teenagers can still take to heart and maybe not be able to quite make that distinction yet between the reality and, and the reality of the film project. Um, so I, that's one thing that I do is always make sure to make a point to say it, but to also interact with them as your authentic self so that they know that that's not who you are. But as far as not letting it affect me, I have read things and seen things about some like bigger name actors that can play those parts well, but it does seem to have an emotional and a mental toll because I think everybody, you have to find your own process that works for you to be able to take yourself out of it at the end of the day. And I don't, I have a lot of respect, but don't understand how they do it with those people that are very much um, method actors and stay in that place all day long. Because when you're on set filming for 12 to 14 hours a day, that is a long time to stay in that kind of negative energy, as you phrased it, or even stay in that headspace, that mindset. And um, so, I mean, I respect people that that can do that. And I think that they are better perform performers for it. But I don't think I could. And I don't think that I would want to. <laughs> Either do I. Like, uh-uh. You know, I was on, um, I have Dee Wallace, who played, and she'll be airing 
uh, sometime in November, no, October coming up. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's in, in my past, um, episodes. And it's amazing to me because she's very spiritual. Mm-hmm. She's a, like a, a spiritual psychic channel. She channels like I do. And uh, I didn't even know that about her. But I remember her playing the E.T. mom. Yeah. And then Cujo with the St. Bernard. You know, that film was mainly in, in the car. And she was a mom. Playing a mom. And her kid was having hard times breathing, like an asthma attack. And, you know, it's it was hot in that car. And I'm just, you know, I was a teenager watching that. I'm like, I couldn't even imagine playing that part with the mom, with a dog that went rabid, you know, got rabies and just went ballistic, started killing people. And just it, I just like, I couldn't be trapped in a car with my kid. It was like, oh my God, what, you know, to put yourself in that mindset and that the emotions of playing that part. I was like, you should have gotten an Oscar for that one, you know, and I'm very, because I'm very intuitive and empathic, even watching movies, I have to be very careful because that energy, you're putting that negative energy out there. And would you agree that when you project that kind of energy, you're expanding that energy? Mm Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And uh, we were talking about synchronicities earlier. And this is another one for me, because this is the second time this week, somebody has brought up D Wallace organically in conversation with me. And the last time somebody brought it up was about an entirely different subject. Um, it was about her, her film project specifically. And now you're bringing her up from a spiritual aspect. And so I feel like Maybe it's in my future to meet her, which I'm totally fine with. Um, but yes, I I do I do agree with that as well. And, and I, what do you think that you know? What changes can we make in the in the industry to bring out more positive energy out? I think that they are kind of moving towards that. Um, as best as they can, because you can't, I mean, you can't take the actors out of, out of that. But I feel like I did some extra work on Cruel Summer that played on Freeform and Hulu. And um, so I watched it on Hulu and also with 13 Reasons Why on Netflix of putting those disclaimers at the front of it of, hey, we want to let you know, this is the content of what's going to be on this episode, um, you know, with, uh, the underage relationship and the teacher taking advantage of Kate and also the suicidal tendencies and I, you know, people kind of feeling like they were normalizing suicide. Um, and so I think putting those kind of things on there and letting people know how to get help if they are living in that mindset is definitely a step in the right direction that we can do collectively as an industry. But um, I don't, I don't know. I think one, one other thing that I found to be really positive was 
in the second season of 13 Reasons Why, not only did they put those little caveats in writing on there about how to get help or if you're experiencing these symptoms, is that they had the actual actors come as their real authentic selves, not the character they were portraying, and and kind of give that empathy to the camera as if they were talking to someone right in front of them that was telling them they were dealing with these issues and emotions and and speaking to that person like I don't deal with that kind of stuff but I remember seeing it and I was like if I was a teenager right now and I was hearing this and I was in that space it it would make me want to tell somebody that I need help and I think that that was something really effective that was done also well that's good to hear because I did not yeah. know that yeah <laughs> Well, you know, that first season caused so much controversy with, as I said, a lot of people feeling like they were normalizing teen suicide and, and stuff like that. So I think, um, which I read the book long before the show came out, and I I think they did a fantastic job with the um, with this series. Of course, it's, it's a Hollywood thing, so there are a few differences, but nothing really hardcore that affected the the original plot line and so i think that they did the best that they could do with trying to ease that tension that they were getting from audience members but i mean i also think that that stuff like that needs to be out there from the standpoint of as you're watching it teaching parents even what to look out for with teenagers like hey these are red flags that you may not even notice. I, my younger brother tried to commit suicide twice. So I, I resonated with the book. I resonated with the show and, and it very much did a good job of raising a lot of those red flags that were there in my brother that we didn't notice. And um, so I think if it, Again, it just it's the mindset, it's the place you're coming at it from. And I 100% understand and respect and stand with those parents that are trying to protect their kids from things. But um, I also think some situations, it, it doesn't change the reality that it's out there also. And wouldn't you agree that, you know, then you're hindering them. And then you're hindering yourself as a parent because it it's we're so small-minded we're we're not opening our minds to you know yeah there's good bad and the ugly mm -hmm. i'd rather know the truth than the lie the deceit and the bullshit you know because there is disinformation misinformation out there but there are other things going on from religion society and, you know, our upbringing that I've noticed in the past and even in, in the histories of how, you know, the movie industry was, how things changed and evolved. And there's some ugly aspects of it, but you can't put blinders on it. Mm -hmm. Be aware of what's going on and use discernment. Yes. Would you agree that, that if you can... With me, it is when I hear and I see truth, I feel it. Mm -hmm. That's the connection to the, the, the source. And we're all spiritual beings. We're sexual beings inside of a human being. And 
it's in my mindset and in my perspective of remembering why I'm here, what my purpose here, and then looking at everybody else. I'm like, wow, we are all gods. We're all gods. <laughs> and you know what? And we're all connected to this great source. And I'm like, I look at you as a beautiful God expressing the best version of the God that you are and, and the connection and that collective, you know, being that you are and, you know, being authentic and just shining your light in, in what you you both in, in the spiritual and the human aspect is creating in, in, in this world. And there's like everyone it, with gods, it's, there's different sizes, different shapes, different colors. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I would love for you know, more of those types of movies coming out now of showing that the, the spirituality, the consciousness, the one movie I did remember is the Celestine Prophecy. There's a book and I read it and then I went and saw the movie and I was like, wow, you know, we got it. Granted, there was, you know, some kind of violence, but not too deep. But mm -hmm. the message, you know, that I'm a visual person. So, yeah, I can read the book, but I'm like, okay, trying to get my head around the visualization of what, and it's with me with music too, because I could visualize the story playing out in the music from the song artists singing and, and singing the story. And then I could turn around and visualize that scene of what it's yeah. like. Yeah. And so when it comes to, you know, we are, then we are the creators of our destiny. We are creators of what we experience. And it is, it, it starts with here. Everything was created from a thought. Mm -hmm. Then there was a sound, a vibration, a frequency that was created, an energy. And then it just manifested. I like that you used those words, truth and awareness, because without an awareness to things, you can't ever find out the truth. And... I think that the truth is important because if we don't know the truth, we can't do something to change it. And, you know, I think a lot of people fall into that mindset of, oh, well, I'm just one person. What difference is it going to make? But the thing about it is, is if you're looking at the bigger picture, one person, I have an influence on the people that are closest to me. Those people have other influences outside of me. And it's, it's amazing what this what a bigger thing it could all be. I, if more of us were coming out of a place of love and kindness, because I think um, one thing we have a, in my manifestation class that I'm doing right now this week, we have a loving kindness meditation that we've been doing every morning. And it's, it, she says in there that we, because we are humans are already connected to each other and I think if we could focus more on, you know, not what political party somebody is a part of, not what color somebody is, not what gender somebody is relating to today. Um, I think if we could strip out all of those things and find some way to connect with everybody around us, because I'm also of the belief 
everybody comes into your life for a reason. Like even the person that drops a canned good in front of you at the grocery store and apologizes for it. Um, there's a reason that that was meant to happen. So what is it that's connecting us? And if we can find that connection and just find that that humanness inside of us to allow us to realize that connectedness, I think, um, I think the world would be a better place in general. But I find as an actor being able to do that and connect with those people to see and even those those people like the lady dropping a canned good in the grocery store. It's fun to find that initial connection and then create a backstory about her in your own head, which is what you have to do with smaller characters that have one or two lines. Anyway, you have to be able to come up with that backstory, which you cannot do without having some kind of human connection and being well, able to observe and pick up on things, experiences, situations that other people have that you may not experience from day to day. So, well, that is a nice and, and a wonderful perspective. And I hope that helps somebody get that. And it would also, wouldn't you agree in, in the same aspect with how you're speaking it? I look at it as empathy. Mm -hmm. You know, we're human beings, but I look at it as we lost the connection of the spiritual being that we are. Yeah. We got so desynthesized because of a taught program that you are separate from, you got to work to, you know, get spiritual. You got to, you know, I'm going to say it, be baptized. You got to get saved. And I disagree with that. I'm like, what am I getting saved from? I'm a spiritual being. I am a, a, this greater intelligence that's in me. I want to bring it out. Mm -hmm. And be the best, my highest self, to where they see the God in me. We are experiencing life together. And how can I show up, be the best version of myself, my authentic self, my spiritual self, to where I can help somebody else? Through those synchronizations of people showing up. What? Yes, empathy. We lost empathy to pause when somebody is, you know, drop that can, you know, looking at them and going, I wonder what's her life story mm -hmm. and how she got where she's at. You know, the homeless man or the homeless woman, you know, how did they get there? What happened in their life? that got them to this point and then show compassion. Yes. And if we can all just start doing that, start practicing that, it would change the vibration, that energy mm -hmm. into more love, peace and harmony. Would you agree? I, I would agree. I think that's that's beautiful what you said about wanting somebody else to see the God in you. Um, I think, yeah, I really liked that. Um, but yes, to to sit there and and wonder and what somebody else's story is and and be empathetic. Um, 
I've heard a lot about people that are genuinely empathetic, like just internally, naturally that way, um, having sometimes having a hard time being able to take themselves out of it and not and not take on that energy as their own. Right. And it's like, and I've felt, you know, when I feel and experience things and, and even channeling, um, I've channeled ancient civilization and I have no idea what I'm saying because it's such in, in a language that it's ancient. Yeah. And I finally found and, and met somebody that's actually been able to translate some of it but she's like the frequency because i can feel the frequency and the vibration it's like getting a taser gun to me and turning up the volume um and sometimes i have to like like time out time out like it's too intense it's like i'm convulsing having a seizure uh-huh if you saw me going through that you would think oh do we need to call 911 <laughs> uh but it's not and it's even the healing aspect from being a former massage therapist, understanding about Reiki, the energy uh -huh. healing, you know, um, that energy just by now I'm consciously aware of, okay, does this person need a word spoken or a gentle touch? Does this person need a hug? you know and i just got done listening dr wayne dwyer and dr joe dispenza um bruce lipton greg braden those are my mentors that really took me to that next level of connecting to the true essence of who i am and understanding all the blocks and all the programmings and the beliefs and even the emotional energetic traumas. I was like on it, like white on rice. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's nip this in the butt. Let's, Oh, I, that makes sense of why I was experiencing or the pattern and the cycles and whatnot. So that was a huge awakening for me. Um, but Wayne Dreyer said something in one of his, the, things that I listen to. He goes, you are God. You can choose to be the host of God or the hostage to the ego of God. It's mm -hmm. your call. And if we are, all, we are all gods, you know, it was written in, in a scripture. God is love. So we are love is we are love. But we're taught that love is outside from your parents and, you know, all this other stuff, society and religion and our parents and our upbringing. It's we're taught conditional love. But if we are all gods, then there's no rules. There's no regulations. There's no conditions. It's just pure love. And we have mm -hmm. it in us. Yeah. And all we got to do is just demonstrate it express it yeah and it's an energy that actually heals and i just want to encourage you to continue being the goddess that you are because <laughs> that smile that you have is the most beautiful thing 
that anyone who comes across your presence will see the love just through your smile. Thank you. I've I've been working long and hard on it because it hasn't always been this way. Um, but I I find myself in a much happier place, both internally and externally, and find myself to be a much more positive person <laughs> nine times out of ten. So, yes, and you know why was it that you weren't like that? As you mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation, which is those those limiting beliefs, um, I I come from a place where kind of judgment is the first thing you go to when um, when you see somebody, especially one thing that my manifestation course was talking about the other day is that we as women as a whole have been conditioned to think of each other as enemies, like somebody that's going to steal your man or steal your job or whatever the case may be. Whereas our ancestors and everybody else, it was a big thing. All of the women in the community would come together when somebody was giving birth. They mourned together when somebody's spouse or child died. I mean, it was, we went from a place of community to a place of separateness. So working on finding a way to bring it back to where women don't think of each other as enemies anymore is a, um, is a big thing, but I know I got off track with that. I'm sorry. What was your question? I was, I was getting to a point. I just no, lost it. You bring up uh, something that just came to my mind. And I was like, if you knew the history, even from the back of our origins, Ashley, and I talk about it in past episodes, women were pieces of property. Mm-hmm. They had no voice. They were sold. They were raped. They were killed. It's even mentioned in, in, in the Bible. That's why I got out of religion. When I started seeing Connecting the Dots and really researching on the history, because I wanted to know, okay, where did the commandments come from? Where are these, you know, it, I studied the ancient civilization because the writings and, you know, the translation of them and it's like connecting the dots, the pieces to the puzzle, to the truth. Mm -hmm. You'll be amazed when you go on that journey, the truth shows up. You might not like it, but it's there. Yeah. And it, it's little pieces of truth that lead to, you know, the changes, um, evolution, you know, self-realization, a revelation. And I was like, wow, that's not the God that I know that would do such a thing. It was man, man's ego, the ego of God, or you could say the ego being Satan, evil, you know, of how women were treated. And then as times in history goes on, you know, women didn't have a voice until the late 60s when they could vote. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's like not cool. Because men, and it's an, an ego thing of men were superior to women. Women were nothing. They weren't of value. But then there's a contradiction of Oh, we're all children of God. We are all equal. So man and woman should be equal. 
Doesn't matter what color, what race, what gender, really. We're all equal, but we're taught differently. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest hiccup or hindrance that keeps us separated and divided. Would you agree? Yeah. I, I would. And I think, you know, um, the connection that I'm making from what you just said is in the history, it sounds like women only had each other. So they had no choice but to come together. And then somewhere along the way, we learned to be mean to each other for lack of a better way to phrase it. So now in my head, I'm asking myself, so what happens if we just choose to come together because we want to, not because we're forced to, because nobody else wants to listen to us. But um, I remembered where I was going with my initial thing because you had asked me uh, what, where, where I was coming from because I told you I didn't always used to be like this. And so I brought all of that up to say I, I've been working on deconditioning myself from those patterns um, because, you know, it's honestly, it's very easy to judge somebody else. But the fact of the matter is what I'm coming to you as my authentic self, but not everybody does that. So what is it that that, that pretty person or that average person or whatever, what are, where are they coming from? Like, I just don't, I'm realizing that it's not fair to judge somebody based on what you're seeing from the beginning, because a lot of people are not self-aware yet. I think more of us are starting to move into that, but I think a lot of people still are living in a place of, I'm going to put on my best face. I'm going to put my best face forward, but that's not what I really am. And so I think that we're continuing to do each other a disservice by, by coming from those negative energies. Yes. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, you talk about judging others. Well, if you, if we're all gods, we're all connected. So if I learned like, be consciously aware of what I speak about a person. Mm -hmm. Do not judge that person. Because, for example, if I judged you on something, I'm actually judging myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot I'm of hurting myself by judging somebody else. So why should I do that? I don't want to hurt myself. I definitely don't want to hurt you. So why yeah. not say something encouraging, something positive? Or, like, me being a coach... You know, oh, this is what, you know, why do you feel that way? Or why are you behaving that way? You know, is that, is that, you know, you're, are you being authentic behaving this way? I'm learning to change my vocabulary so it's not harmful. It's not judging. It's trying to get to the root of why that person is being that way, behaving that way, you know, or feels that way. Mm-hmm. So if everybody could, you know, hold up, I don't want to judge. I choose not to judge. But what can I do to help that person that the way they're behaving is not in their best interest or their higher purpose or their greatest expression? Yeah. So that's what I would say you know, coming out of that programming, because honestly, 
it's a taught behavior, a taught program. And, and it's sad that it came from religion. Mm -hmm. If you look at history, religion is right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad. Yes. Well, I love these kind of conversations. I know, like, me too. Look at the light. I just, you're like this beautiful soul just blossoming. Thank you. Thank you. I I really love that this was not, I don't think either one of us came into this conversation with this expectation and it just organically happened. So I'm taking that from the universe as this conversation was something that I needed to have, which intuitively I know that because I don't, um, you know, a lot of people around me don't, haven't quite caught on to this yet, which mm -hmm. I mean... I'm in Texas, so it's not all that surprising, but I find it hard to have people that are of this same belief system to talk to and have these conversations. So cosmic timing. <laughs> I know, and I love it when we have these kind of connections with, it just, it expands that energy. It expands the, the, the data, the information, the truth. When you're authentic yes. and the truth speaks, it's it resonates. And it's like, I, this is my intentions of why I started this show. And you want to know something else? Yes. I am so honored and privileged to meet somebody that's been in a Christmas Hallmark series. <laughs> Yes, I have. I um, So that was extra work as well, but it was really fun. Um, it, I was very tired by the time it was over because since it was one of the gala scenes, we filmed it overnight. Our call time was at like 5 o'clock p.m. and I don't think we got released till 7 a.m. the next morning or something like that. It was very fun. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. Donna Mills was in that movie. And she is so kind and such a precious lady. But it was special for me to get to meet her because my grandmother had, I don't know, I don't know if you know this at all, but she had VHS tapes of makeup tutorials before you could just put it all on YouTube. And I thought, I always thought she was such a beautiful woman. My grandmother had one about how to do your eye makeup and how to take care of your eyes to not get the bags under them and stuff like that. And um, I, I used to just watch it because I just wanted to look at her. She was just wonderful to look at. And so getting to meet her was great. And what's really funny is she, <laughs> I still find myself saying this to myself sometimes when I get out of the shower after I wash my face, after when she's going through her skincare routine of putting everything on before she does her makeup, she's uh, drying her face and she's like, always pat dry, never rub so that it doesn't mess up your skin. And I find that there's that inside voice because I watched it so much. I can still hear her plain as day saying that to me all the time <laughs> through that VHS when I'm washing my face or drying it. Um, but yeah, I, and I have recently gotten an agent in Utah as well. And she told me that they do a lot of casting out of their office for, 
Hallmark movies, which has like being in one and having actual speaking lines is a goal of mine for sure, because my mom and I love to watch the Christmas ones, especially every year. Some of them we've seen like 10 times and every year it's like watching it for the first time all over again. So she told me they were getting ready to start casting like 18 of them. And I was like, hello, right here. <laughs> Send them all to me. <laughs> well, I like it that yours was Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses. Yes. Yes. So that, and I love Christmas. But my, if I ever go see my mother starting in October, it's the Hallmark Channel. And it's Christmas, the, all the Christmas shows. Yep, same here. I learned all about romance and love. And I'm like, you know what? It, I mean, it's a TV. It's a story. There's a positive, you know. And I just, you know, I'm not so much into that. The romance is nice and everything, but it's a uh -huh. little, you know, a little woohoo for that. It's not like actually realistic, but it's a nice yeah. story. And it brings out positivity and I'm all for that. So yeah. I just wait until November, right around like Thanksgiving day, starting on Thanksgiving day. That's when I get, okay, I want to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It's the same at my mom's house too. I'll go over there. Cause she usually has it on um, HGTV or the ID channel. And so when I go over there and Hallmark's on, I'll be like, mom, why do you have Hallmark on already? It's only October. Well, they've started to play certain ones on the weekends. So I have to watch it and I'll look at the TV. I'm like, mom, we've already seen this one. So? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that is too funny. I, I, I can't because then it, it, it gets too overwhelming for me. You know, <laughs> I want to get through Halloween and then like Thanksgiving. Yeah. It, it sets it up. Yeah. To get ready. And I like that. I just like, that's where I stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, a safe place to be. Yeah. I love, I love you, Ashley. You are just. I love you too. Thank person. you. And I want to thank Steve Joyner for hooking us up. I have to give him a shout out late. Oh, I just did. <laughs> but I'm going to contact him later. I'm like, oh my God, Steve, she's a darling. Yes, and uh, don't forget about your super awesome necklace you were showing me before oh, we got yes. started. Oh, you know, uh, yep, I'm glad you mentioned that. I love it. It's it's just like my style, and I'm into like dainty. I'm not into that bling bling, like too much jewelry. You know, some rings, watch, and I've been wanting a necklace, and I was talking to my girlfriend, Kimberly Putnell, and she has her own pretty bling boutique so she does these live things showing off the jewelry and i'm like hey i just want something dainty not too bling bling you know elegant that i can use on my show and i'll give you a shout out so i'm giving my girlfriend kimberly i call her little kim i've known her since high school and i like to support women-owned businesses and local yeah. businesses so that you know giving her the support it and getting to wear some nice jewelry she has a variety it all depends on what your your style is so i'm putting that information out thank you kim, little kim i love you i really like this necklace too <laughs> i can't wait to try on the other ones <laughs> <laughs> i get the earrings and the necklace i, I i'm good yep you know thank and you. 
thank you so much for joining us today. I thank mm. you for having me. This has been really fun and brought some much needed extra joy into my day. Good. I, I did my job. Thank you. <laughs> I love spreading the love. Yes. Truth and love. They set you free and it's just the most wonderful state of being to be in. Yes. So, I agree. Thank you. And I want to hear more. Keep in touch with me on upcoming projects when things are going to be released. Because then I can do a little shout out for you on my social Yay! media. Yay! I will definitely do that. <laughs> okay. It was a pleasure again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. You never know what comes out of these interviews with these amazing guests. I just love it. You got to stay tuned to see who's coming up next right here on Wake Up With KC. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>